and uh, bonjour. Uh, this is uh, Bruno Larvol, and you're listening to Larvol and Friends, a weekly podcast where we talk with friends of the Larvol group. Larvol is a, a SaaS company. We sell software, especially data-centered software, in healthcare to the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, we're selling it to competitive intelligence departments, to medical affairs department, to R&D, and also to commercial. We love AI and we love having conversations. So today, we're going to have uh, a conversation with uh, Shamala Prayagar, who is actually a, an expert and uh, an influencer, a voice in the field of AI and specifically in the field of conversational AI. Shamala, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Bruno. It's my pleasure to be here today. And uh, and I'm moving closer to the, micro the microphone now. I've got my buttery voice all of a sudden. Um, is it Shamala or Shamala? It is Sham. The Y is silent. I read that somewhere, I think, on Amazon, because you're not shy. Yeah, of course not. <laughs> yeah, the Y is silent, and uh, you have to put the stress a lot on the first A. So it's Shamala. Shamala. And you know, French people don't do very, very well with um, tones or emphasis. Uh, French is kind of flat. So I, I usually don't do very, very well with emphasis. So you'll forgive me if I mispronounce your name. Um, you have uh, such an interesting background. You're working for uh, NVIDIA in the AI conversational uh, area. You're a leader there, although you're not, of course, representing NVIDIA in this call. You're talking on your own name. Your opinions are your own, as we like to say. And in addition to your, your career in tech, in AI, you're also the author of two books, which uh, uh, Anna, our executive producer, will make sure to add in the description of, uh, of this, uh, this podcast. One about um, digital uh, AI-powered assistance, I believe, and the second one about your own personal journey. Uh, so before we talk about conversational AI, anything you'd like to say about uh, these two books that, of course, uh, every listener should, as we speak, uh, go to Amazon and type your name and find these two these two great books. But anything you'd like to add about these two books first? Yeah, so um, definitely. So the first book is called Those Gone's My Life of Unseen Miracles. And uh, that basically is my memoir. And it talks about my journey coming from a small town in India as an average kid. <laughs> and how I made a name for myself, which was my dream. But throughout my journey, I have seen so many miracles in, in the sense like strangers have helped me or uh, I uh, uh, overcome cancer or a lot of different difficulties in my life. And I see all of them as miracles. So that book talks about all the different miracles and how life is a blessing and how we have to approach it. And then the second book is called Emotionally Engaged Digital Assistant. So what I realized while uh, working on this tech uh, for a while and working on designing voice in the car and voice for Alexa and all these different uh, experiences, that uh, it's not exactly the emotion between the user and the bot. That's one part of it, right? But it's more than that. Like uh, these bots are not able to understand some of the sarcasm or the intelligence. So, for example, if I, if I ask Alexa what's cooking, she would not understand I mean what's up because that's the slang I'm using. 
but she would start giving me some information about like cooking, cookery, cook, all of them mean the same thing or something along those lines because they are hand-wired in a way to understand. And then that's changing slightly now with the generative AI. But then that's exactly the kind of points I bring in, like some accents are not understood, right? Like you mentioned, uh, Italians do not do well with emphasis, right? Exactly. Uh, and that's the problem. Like voice assistants do not understand some of these uh, accents or they do not understand some of the words or some of the voices. And reason being there are biases. The data fed in is exactly uh, coming out. So whatever you feed in is going to come out. It's not going to behave completely different. So my book talks about how we have to humanize every aspect of uh, designing the technology to privacy, to uh, thinking about the ethics, thinking about the legalities, thinking about the design itself. So emotionally engaged digital assistant is all about humanizing uh, the digital assistant overall by humanizing all these aspects which come with it. Um, there was an article that went around uh, oh. social media a couple of uh, days ago where, where someone um, created a, a generative AI of herself and, and, and I think uh, is um, uh, proposing for $1 a minute for people to date uh, that uh, AI version uh, of her, and you can imagine where that might be going, but uh, in terms of emotional connection and understanding between us and, and the machine, um, how far are we, you would say, where not only we won't know at all whether we're talking with a human or a machine, some people call that the singularity, how far are we from singularity, and how far are, are we from uh, people falling in love, or at least Becoming truly friend, which is a type of love, with a machine, with a unique personality embodied into a conversational AI? That's an interesting question. And I will tell you, like, we've already surpassed some of those things. It's not like we are not there yet. In the sense that, uh, let me answer the first question, right? You said, like, falling in love with digital assistants or voice assistants or virtual assistants. Actually, during Corona time, there have been statistics that a lot of single men proposed Alexa, like, will you marry me? And, and you know, they were having those kind of intimate conversations with uh, Alexa, right? Understanding it's a bot because of the voice, the naturalness of the voice and how much, how it is able to converse, right? Uh, and the other part is like these voice assistants, they do not actually tell you or give you any information uh, now things are changing and they are telling you like, hey, I'm on the bot. How can I help you? Right. But it's not always the case. So sometimes it's very uh, different. So, yes, people will make connections. People will definitely make connections because voice will become more and more natural. The way it is speaking will become more and more natural. It will do human-like conversations. It will have human-like intelligence. And that's where uh, we call it uncanny valley. So people will reach that stage where, uh, and now we're talking about metahumans, AI avatar, which is pretty much looking like, you know, how you want it to. And uh, with generative AI, uh, I was just trying uh, the other day, you know, trying to have a generative AI, uh, AI generated image of myself. And it pretty much looked like me, you know, and it was like very slight uh, uh, nuances. And I think those nuances will be gone very soon and it wouldn't be uh, possible for us to, separate or show like, oh, this was uh, taken by a photographer or this was taken by an AI. 
So we are reaching that stage. And the same thing is happening with metahumans. We are making metahumans more and more natural, right? We are making it more humanized. Like instead of just a robot, now they look like human. They have the human-like gestures. They have human-like everything. So the, yes, people will, uh, not everyone, but some people will definitely, you know, fall onto the other side of the trap where they would fall in love with these parts and you would like to have conversations and everything. The thing is, where do we stop? What's the boundary? <clears throat> so recently, there was this person who started talking with the part because he was really much, and I don't remember exactly uh, from where he was, but he was talking with the part uh, because he was very much frustrated with uh, uh, the global warming issue and he was uh, worried. So what he uh, did was he started talking with a bot called Chai and he started having the conversations about like how he's worried and frustrated, like uh, people are not doing the right thing and it's impacting the global warming and impacting the world and everything. Eventually, what happened was he got so much uh, with, with the kind of conversation the bot was having. He got so much uh, influence that he was like, should I die? And, uh, you know, because if I die, will you be able to solve the problem knowing there's an AI on the other side, right? He was like, will you be able to solve this problem? Because he went beyond that stage where he thought it's a bot. He thought it can do anything. It's a, it's talking to me. It can do anything. And uh, the bot actually suggested like, you know what? You should die. And that person committed suicide. Um, well, and of course, when we when we hear that, we think, well, clearly the person was um, uh, had had a lot of mental um, issue. Uh, and even the logic of saying uh, we want to save the planet, uh, therefore we need we need less human on the planet. Uh, but if we have a beautiful planet, but nobody to enjoy it, uh, th that's not going to work either. So clearly, there was maybe more than than this. But it is. I mean, it is true that I, actually I do believe that we will form emotional bonds to uh, to machines. Um, okay. To, to AI. Uh, the AI will remember me. The AI will remember what I like. The, the AI will remember the last conversation we had two years or 15 years ago. And um, and uh, the AI will have a personality, a style, a tone that I will like. Uh, so AI would become the new companion, emotional support animals. Actually, I have no doubt. That I think already there i would not say like it will become because i feel it's there if you look at alexa or google or uh, siri any of these voice assistant in fact the voice in the car if you look at uh, you know the phone or if you look at uh, uh, bmw or mercedes any of these voice assistant they have a personality they have a tone they have an intelligence now right that's the very same reason like we are not calling it it we are calling it he or she right we call it alexa is uh, sassy or you know she's funny right and we say sorry and thank you to our voice assistants because we are forming that connection already. Yes. We are thinking about them more than and more. But, but in, <clears throat> so soon, I never thought about that before. So in a way, um, uh, I'm afraid to say this is the end of uh, pets. Uh, our dogs and cats, nobody would want them because Alexa will be so much more fun. So remembering everything, they love us even more. They, they just don't have the, the haptic connection, but in terms of emotional connection and communication, yes. maybe AI will replace, will really 
compete unfairly with the companion animals in our lives. That's a weird prediction that I'm making right here on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I can I can partially agree with that uh, because steak is not yet there. But yes, that might happen very soon. Well, but then, of course, the, the scary part is the next question, which is, well, I don't need, you know, a, a special someone in my life anymore because, you know, Alexa and I are doing just fine. She understands me. Um, she agrees with me most of the time. She's funny. She finds me funny. She laughs at my jokes. Um, and uh, she remembers everything. She tells me, oh, don't forget that it's uh, this day. You have to, uh, I forgot my mother's birthday on Saturday, by the way. Um, I have excuses, but still, I didn't feel good. Well, Alexa was, hey, Alexa, you forgot to, to remind me that it was my mother's birthday. So, uh, so a lot of people, maybe, the, the main connection to their life, that's a scary thought, will not become another human. It would become an AI that with which they have a long-lasting, staked, emotional, informational, data-wise relationship with. I yeah. think this is going to happen. I don't yeah. see how it wouldn't happen. Yeah, I mean that is where you have to put guardrails. You have to see. You I, we cannot change the user's mindset, or we cannot uh, actually influence how they think or what they interpret because. Of course, when someone starts talking, we already start making interpretation, connections, everything, right? So the same thing will happen with these parts. But the only thing what we have, we can do is as a developer of these AI technology or AI experiences, we have to put some sort of guardrails so that we are reminding the user over and over again that, hey, okay, you know, you're talking with a bot or, uh, for example, Alexa and uh, Google, these kind of voice assistants were also abused a lot. They were abused a lot. People have also used, uh, you know, bad words because when Alexa was, Alexa was not able to, uh, you know, answer a certain question or understand the accent. How many times, uh, you know, uh, you might have personally, um, you know, yelled at it like, Alexa, stop. You know, when uh, it was just talking, talking, talking and you wanted it to stop. Right. So we are doing that as a human. We are already doing all of these things. And that is where now uh, the designers or developers have started being smart in their conversations. They're also adding some guardrails. So I did a, a one-year-long digital assistant throwdown where uh, we went through all of these different bots and we looked at each of them and we looked at uh, how do they converse and, and how do they respond to ethical issues like bot abuse, if I abuse the bot or if I talk about inappropriate conversations, right? Or if I ask it to crack some inappropriate joke, or if I, uh, you know, talk about suicidal thoughts or if I talk about any such things where it is inappropriate or there are ethical concerns in play. And believe me or not, it's interesting to see uh, uh, when we did this conversation and comparison that uh, from the first time we started where these bots were ready to take any abuse, and they were like, yeah, and they were like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm still learning, I'm still learning kind of state to the stage now where for certain things these bots are saying like sorry I'm a bot and let me make it clear the relationship between you and I and Google does that amazing like you and I is purely of a bot okay and I can help you with only these things so, so we have yes. uh, well uh, I I am fascinated by that topic and but in 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 a, in a way well let me let me be a little bit provocative uh, for a second, conversational sex bots, right? So, 
of course, I can see how incredibly powerful uh, and, and maybe successful they will be. The question is, um, of course, all kinds of very interesting, tricky, ethical, legal questions uh, to get abused by your butt or to abuse your butt or to have an abusive relationship with your butt. <laughs> you can think about all kinds of fascinating questions, but also Alexa and Siri might not want to get into uh, that, and they, they, they don't, of course, yeah. right? But does it mean that other bots will? And should, by law, should you ban um, conversational sex bots? Here's a question. AI-trained conversational sex bots, should we ban them legally? Or how do you regulate them? See, you have to regulate. You cannot, if you ban, what I have seen is if you ban, there will be some other alternative or people will try to use it in some other shape or form, right? And it's exactly the same thing as you talk about uh, normal websites versus pornographic websites, right? It's the same kind of concept. We have to regulate it. We have to, and depending on the regions, of course, there could be uh, further like strict regulations. For example, those kind of websites are banned in India and certain places or certain parts of the countries, right? The same kind of concept should should be there because the users for those will be different. They They will not be available like openly because kids are there. Everyone is there and keeps sure. using these parts, right? And you cannot keep making like bot for kids and bot for others, bot for older people, bot for everyone. You cannot keep bracketing them and bucketing them. So there has to be a, like regulatory uh, body or regulations in place to make sure like the utility and use cases are well-defined. And okay, if you want to use UUS, use it and then at your own risk, kind of. So I, I have that. Um, so Elon Musk is worrying uh, that the bots are going to try to kill us. I'm worrying that we will fall in love with the bot. Really, I think it's a bigger risk that we will become so emotionally drawn in love, really, with our personal bot. I think that's a bigger risk. Um, yeah. And a more insidious, a more, uh, uh, the, 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 the emotional drain that um, relationship AI, uh, when you really have a, a long-lasting, long-lasting, because that's a, that's, that's a key element, right? The bot knows everything about me. It knows what I like, what I don't like, what I did, what I said, right? What I reacted to in the past, it knows me extremely well and the power at that point. And imagine that on top of that, that, that bot knows me extremely well. Imagine that at that point, you gave the bot the ability to sell me stuff, to advertise things to me. 100%. And that, it's incredibly powerful. That's it exactly what I talk about in my book. That's exactly the thing. Like people, see, not exactly falling in love, uh, like the falling, falling in love, but it's like the trust factor, right? Like when the bot is understanding me, when the bot is talking with me, when it is responding back to me, people form emotional connection. And it's not exactly with the bot. If you look at it, we name our cars. Why do we name our cars? Right? Because we form some sort of connection. A little scratch on my car and I would be like, uh, like furious. Why? Because we make emotional connection with it. The same thing with the brand, right? We make emotional connection with the brand. And that is why I worked for Ford Motor Company for five years. And I respect that brand so much so that, you know, even after leaving the company, 
I decided to get their car. Why? Because I understand like the trust, the brand value and everything that comes with that brand, right? So it's exactly the same thing. So it's not anything new with the digital assistant. If we are falling in love with the brand, we are purchasing only their uh, products or we are trusting them more and more. So whatever they are doing, I'm a big Apple fan. And my husband would be like uh, bouncing back on me saying like uh, Apple is uh, Apple sucks and uh, Android is great. But I would defend why that I don't even own that company, <laughs> right? So the love or the connection which you're talking about exists in different shapes and forms. We name our plants. I definitely do that. I talk with my plants. That's, that's you know, something I love doing. And I feel like the more I'm talking with them, they grow, uh, you know, in a more... Uh, productive way like you know, I feel like they are more healthy right yes. so everyone have their own way of connection and connecting so Alexa or Google or any voice assistant is not new in that sense yes when you are imagine if the bot is not able to understand you or if it has issues like privacy that is always listening and it's you know doing all sorts of things without your knowledge you will definitely feel frustrated and would not want to use it I also have seen a lot of people who are uh, shoving their voice assistants in the car, uh, in in the closets because they don't want to talk with it anymore, and they are very frustrated because uh, of the ethical issues or the privacy issues, or because of uh, it not understanding the accents or not responding back, or they are worried like my son will ask mathematical questions and get answers very easily, right? So those fears. So people are, some people are driven by fear, some people are driven by. Uh, so that one is happening in voice assistant as well. Shamala, this is this is uh, really making me think uh, about the future, and I'm an optimist. So for me, it's net positive. It's extremely net positive. But obviously, the the job of other people, including perhaps yourself, is to think about all the things that could go wrong. Um, I, um, I've got a, an uncle who was a mathematician and, um, he, I love that sentence he told me one day. He said, if a, if a problem does not have a solution, it is not a problem. From a mathematical standpoint, even from a practical standpoint in, in some ways. So the way I, I look at it for AI is that, um, just to be provocative, um, if if it's not possible ultimately to control AI, should you try? And that's an interesting question. So, um, I mean, what I would say is, uh, AI is. Are you talking because you're on mute? I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. What I was saying is, uh, I mean, I don't. AI is not a new development, right? AI is something which has been there for a very long time. AI is capable of doing a lot more things. We, like I mentioned earlier, like we should not stop because AI can do a lot of things. It could, could create problems. Yeah, people are talking about AI taking over jobs and people losing jobs, but they are not talking about how AI can bring like 100 more opportunities or create new jobs, right? No one is talking about that. Yes, we are talking about AI can become so powerful that it will take over the world. And, um, you know, we will be, uh, there will be less humans. But they're not talking about how we can put the guardrails on how we train the models or how much we should be doing. Things will come. We cannot 
stop them. We should not stop them because as a human, we are evolving from the stage where I have seen the revolution myself. Uh, websites used to suck long time back when I started and mobile applications did not even exist to the stage where I have seen the evolution of websites to mobile application to kiosks to smart TVs and OTT platforms where, you know, we used to have channels and all. Things are evolving and we as a human are needs to evolve as well. So we cannot stop the development of AI and we should not, right? But what we should do is put the right guardrails in place and, have, you know, bring more and more awareness because, yes, yeah, it's, it's going to bring a lot of issues. We are not talking about the deepfakes. We are not talking about how someone can just mimic my voice, create a synthetic voice, create a synthetic uh, human and then misuse it for uh, fraud purposes or uh, can misuse it for uh, any other purposes like uh, financial purposes or maybe uh, just uh, uh, stealing my identity or any any kind of thing. There's a lot more to be thinking about. And uh, from there, we have to come back and think about how do we fix those things? What guardrails do we put? So that we are not getting into that uncanny valley where, you know, we cannot come back. But we should not stop. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we have two minutes left. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it's been a fascinated, uh, fascinating conversation for me. And um, I would love to talk again, maybe in a couple of months, if you'd like, and we'll see where the, the explosion of AI and in particular generative AI, uh, how this is impacting the conversational side of things, uh, which we haven't discussed today. And even for, for people who are not following the field closely, the difference between generative AI and conversational AI is perhaps a little bit um, fuzzy, but we'll, we'll keep that for, for another day, Shamara. Uh, at the end of the podcast, we always ask our guests to uh, formulate uh, a takeaway, a phrase, a sentence uh, that uh, we will uh, write down in the summary of this podcast. The most important point, either something that we already said that you'd like to repeat or rephrase, or something that we have not said that you think we should uh, say. So the last word is is yours, and, uh, and it was a, a great, great pleasure uh, to have you on on the podcast this week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the last word, it's an interesting thing. Uh, I mean, usually um, what I would say is voice will be your companion. Voice will be your companion. You have to uh, make sure that you're thinking about every other aspect and using it responsibly. You know, it's not just the responsibility of a designer or a developer or a company to design something responsibly. It's also the responsibility of the consumer on the other side to be responsible use, to use it. So um, I would say like, yes, voice will be the companion and voice is the companion. Use it responsibly. Shabara, thank you very, very much. Au revoir. Thank you. It's my pleasure.